Welcome back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And this week we're talking about the first book of the Akatar series from Sarah J. Mass, which is a Court of Thrones and Roses. We're going to do this in a weird perspective because uh, I wrote the whole series and Marissa's only read the first book, so I feel like I'm probably going to ask her more questions just because I would be afraid to give anything away. But I guess, spoiler warning, if you have not read the first book, do not listen. And I'm going to try. I, I don't. I won't give anything away because I won't give anything away to Marissa, so I won't give anything away to you guys, too. So yeah, that's that. So I guess my first question would be is, did this book live up to the hype that I have set for you and the hype that Bookstagram has set for you? I think it definitely lived up to the hype. I read this book in two days flat, just couldn't put it down. And I was working and doing other things while reading it. And I just had to finish it. It was so good. And then a little backstory, before I left New York, I ordered all the hardbacks to have and to read, but they didn't arrive before I left. So I bought the first one on my Kindle and I was like, okay, I'll just read the first one. And then I got to the end of the first one and immediately bought the second on Kindle because like, I can't wait until I get back to New York to finish the series. I'm, I'm just going to have to buy them all again. <laughs> and I really feel like the second book is more of the bulk of the story. Like I feel like the first one introduces you to Feyre and the world, but like the second book is where you get to like it. So I'm excited for reading this book. I feel like half the characters I can't even talk about with you yet because they haven't even been introduced. I feel like when I read this book, I knew of characters that were going to come. So I, like, it wasn't like a spoiler, but like I knew, like, I wasn't completely blind to them. Like Cassian? Yeah. And like, yeah. The whole beginning of like Akatar, I was like, oh, where's Rise? Where's Rise? Like, I knew who's coming because I've never seen fan pics of. Farah and Tamlin. I just heard fan pics yeah. of Farah and Rise. So I was like, what happens to Tamlin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am curious about that because, yeah, I, I know that Farah and Ryzen are in game, or at least that's what the fan art tells me. And this first book really does make me like Tomlin. Like, the whole first half of the book before. I suppose this is where the spoilers will start. But before Tomlin goes under the mountain and, you know, she has to go save him or whatever, that first half of the book, I loved Tomlin. He was broody. He was mysterious. He cared so much about her. I felt like he could really protect her and take care of her. And he loved her, like, exactly for who she was. At least that's how it was presented to me. And so I'm confused about how this is going to be written moving forward to just write him out and bring Ryzen in. I think it's pronounced Tamlin. Um, that's what the audio... So, I read the whole series, like, in March, but then I re-listened to it on audiobook this past week, and it's pronounced Tamlin, I'm pretty sure. But I need to look up the pronunciation of all these names. Pharaoh is a tough one. Tamlin is Tam, like T-A-M, and then dash Lynn. So I think it's Tamlin um, on the wiki. So yeah, so I think I've, I'm currently editing our... Crescent City podcast and we just rave about Sarah J Mass for like the first five minutes so uh-huh. your feelings are are they the same or have they grown since reading this book there I get what you said on Crescent City now about how it's hard to compare Akatar to Crescent City have my feelings grown I guess my feelings have grown but at the same time I was thinking about this today I think I liked Crescent City better I think think only because 
I can't figure out where Akatar is going. <laughs> and Crescent City, you know, one of the things I raved about was how well thought out it was, just how everything fit together. And, like, as we've already discussed, Fair is just going to abandon Tamlin at some point. And I just, like, that's not written into this book, as far as I can tell. But anyway, I do, though, I am obsessed with the quotes from this book. This book has the most amazing quotes. I mean, I haven't even gotten to that stars quote, and I've highlighted so many things in this that are just, like, soul-changing quotes. <laughs> Whereas, like, there weren't, there weren't that many quotes from Crescent City that I could just, like, I can't tell you anything quote-wise from Crescent City, but this book whew, is written beautifully. <laughs> I, I think I still like the series better, I think. Yeah. I just feel like I get more immersed in this world. Um, and I also just think A Court of Silver Flames is my favorite of the series, though. Yeah, yeah no. maybe my feelings will change as I read more books. I think so, too. And then well, we're going to read the first book of Throne of Glass for the podcast as well. So we'll compare that to you. And that's like her earlier work. So we're kind of going yeah. like in reverse with her work. We um, are going into like her most recent stuff where she's probably gotten better at writing to like the stuff she wrote when I think she was 16 when she wrote Throne of Glass. So it'll be really interesting to see that like dynamic change. But um, so do you like the way point of view from this book or do you like the point of view from Crescent City better? I really liked the way Crescent City was written and how you heard everyone's thoughts, even though it wasn't written from any one person's perspective. This was purely from Farah's perspective. So we don't get as much insight. We, we only know what Farah knows, which is fine. That's the type of book I used to always read. So, like, that was nothing new for me. But now that I've been exposed to the way Crescent City's written, I do prefer it. So do you like Farah? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if your feelings changed because you kind of said that in the beginning of the book, in the middle of the book, you're like, I don't really like Farah. And I was like, does your feeling change after Under the Mountain? Or does, I, do you I, find her narration annoying? I don't find it annoying. I just don't think she has any sort of memorable personality. Like in Crescent City, Bryce is a force to be reckoned with. She has a cheeky mouth, she is beautiful, she can keep up with everyone, and Feyre to me is just like some poor kid that, you know, hunts for her family, great, you're just like Katniss Everdeen, and okay, now this thing's happened to you, and there's no, there's no personality to her, she doesn't have any likes or interests, like, okay, eventually she learns, like, she paints, whatever, that's great, good for you, but that's it, that's, that's all she is, she hunts and she paints. And I just, I don't know, like, I just don't connect with her, I... which is weird because you think I'm like her. <laughs> I do think you're you're like her I in the sense that you you always put people in front, like, like before yourself. And, like, that's Farrah's, like, main thing is, like, she puts her family first, even, like, regardless of how, like, mean they are or, like, undeserving. Like, whenever the, whenever Tamlin came to take her, like, none of them, like, her father didn't even sacrifice himself. Yeah. Um. So like, she always puts herself first, regardless of like the situation. And I think you do that a lot. Like, you're always thinking about others around you, um, especially like Aww. your family or friends. You're very loyal, like her. Stubborn and determined. That's also your qualities. There's like certain qualities that are like you, but also I can see you also in Nesta from Silver Flames. Mm. So I think you're like a mix. I think everyone's a mix of the sisters. Um, I think they're yeah. all very much, like, a specific person. 
Um, <laughs> like they're like all fit like in like a very specific category. I think there are parts in you like Feyre, but I also think there's parts of you in other sisters as well. So we shall we will discuss. So after Marissa finishes the entire series, we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about all the books and we're probably gonna reference this episode and i'm gonna ask marissa like what she like predictions almost and let's see what happens <laughs> yeah i i think my feelings for pharaoh probably change in this next book because everyone raves about the second book but like just my feelings right now it's not that i hate her i just don't have any strong feelings towards her yeah. Um, I think you'll start to see what a badass Feyre is, but okay. we also have different opinions on characters a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Daisy Jones on the six, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's give a synopsis and then we'll dive into more questions. So this is a pretty short and sweet synopsis, but it says, When 19-year-old Huntress Feyre kills a wolf in the woods, a beast-like creature arrives to demand retribution for it. Dragged to a treacherous magical land she only knows about from legends, Feyre discovers that her captor is not an animal, but Tamlin, one of the lethal immortal fairies who once ruled their world. And that's kind of the only synopsis it gives, which I think is good because it doesn't give anything away. No, yeah, I thought it was good too. I... When I picked up this book, I don't know, I really wanted to read a Sarah J. Mass like way before I read the series and I would go on her website and I read both Throne of Glass and this synopsis and I'm like, none of these sound appealing to me. I was like, this book just sounds like Hunger Games 2.0. Yeah. And I was like, I hate, not that I hate the Hunger Games, I just don't love the Hunger Games. So I was like, I don't really feel like reading this, but everyone was raving about it. I was like, I'll just give it a shot. And like, it really was nothing. Like, I mean, the synopsis is correct, but like, it doesn't give like half of it away. The, like, the synopsis is bare bones. Like, there is nothing about the synopsis that would make you think this book is about what this book is about. <laughs> No, definitely not. And it took me, like, probably 100 pages to really get into it. I was still, like, questioning it when I was, like, dealing with the first page, couple chapters when she's with her family and they're just, like, awful. Yeah, yeah. No, like, literally, Farah. part of why she has no personality is because her whole life is just about surviving. It's literally just about hunting so she can put food on the table and not die, basically. So that's part of why she's kind of undeveloped in this book because she hasn't had a chance to explore what she does like and not like. So I'll, I'll give her some more time to develop, but yeah, those first hundred pages or so were really just explaining her previous life. Which wasn't good. Um, so Fair is the youngest, but basically takes care of her entire family. Like what was your take on that? I thought that was so weird. I like reread twice to make sure that it said she had two older sisters because normally the oldest takes care of the younger sisters. And to me, Elaine seems like the youngest because she's all bubbly and joyful and whatever. And I feel like that's kind of a younger sibling quality. I don't know. At least it is in my family. Whereas the older sister or whoever is, you know, more calculated and they had to make their own in the world. They're more independent. Uh, so I thought it was really odd that, Farah's the youngest, and Elaine's the middle child, and then, like, Nesta being the oldest, okay, knowing what I know about Nesta now, and what future books will hold for her, I think it makes sense she's the oldest, but then it's weird that, you know, her and Elaine were just like, okay, Farah can take care of us, and bring us food, and we'll do absolutely nothing, and we're gonna be fine. I really wonder why she wrote it like that. Because it is really interesting. It's very different. It's like breaking all sibling 
stereotypes. No, it threw me off for a while. Feyre just seems so much older than them, and she just, like, kind of seems more responsible than them. Yeah, she's mature and responsible, and she carries the weight of the world on her shoulders, protecting her family, and her family doesn't care about her at all. I just, it's so weird. It's a weird dynamic. And I think her mom said the dynamic when she made that vow. I don't know if I would actually keep the vow. Yeah, I mean, that was something they talked about in the book, though, that, like, a vow to them is basically a contract. Like, it holds more weight than what I might consider a vow to hold. So, I mean, I I get it if you allow yourself to believe everything the book tells you, but... I wouldn't, if my family treated me like that, I, I had all the hunting skills, I'd be like, peace. Yeah, I'd <laughs> <Good> leave. <luck. laughs> you talk about running away? Yeah, heck, I would run away on a boat. I was like, you guys yeah. fend for yourself. I was kind of annoyed with her whenever she, like, was taken by Tamlin. She kept on wanting to get a gack. If I was her, I'd just be like, okay, I'm not going to go back. <laughs> yeah, I highlighted so many quotes where she's talking about wanting to escape and go back. And Tamlin's literally like, okay, you're not a prisoner here. You can leave whenever you want. You just can't go back to your family. She's like, I'm going to set a trap and I'm going to escape this house. And I was like, dude, you're not a prisoner in the house. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I wouldn't go back. I-, I mean, there's no point in going back to that life when you have to serve out your sentence and you're serving it out in a better place in a mansion with servants <laughs> well fed <laughs> yeah you know i would i would gladly be captured <laughs> <laughs> please take me <laughs> i was mad when her dad didn't even offer him himself up though yeah i i don't really understand the dad like i get that it's shameful as the man of the family, you want to support your family. And he let them down. He had some bad investments. He got his leg broken as a result of it. They lost all their money. It's probably very shameful for him and whatever. But I'm like, here's an opportunity for you to make up for that. Someone's coming to take your youngest child away forever. Here's the chance to step up and be the man of the family and be like, hey, take me instead. I'll sacrifice myself. And he was just like, nah, fair. Just don't come back. Like, you know, good luck, babe, but don't come back. I was shocked when that happened. I was like, oh my goodness. Even, again, with that situation, I would never come back out of spite. I would be so mad. I'd be like, my family doesn't even love me. I'm never going to come back. I appreciate that you think I would put my family first in this situation and be like Farah, but I'm not sure I would. You're just very selfless. Yeah. (laughs) I have my limits. So that was my kind of my questions that I had about the first part of the book. I feel like the second book just kind of blurs together of her just, like, living in the house, just, like, painting and hating Tamlin for a very long time. (laughs) I don't really get why she hated him so long. (laughs) She really did, and I felt bad for him because I felt like he went out of his way to be nice to her, and she gave him nothing, absolutely nothing. But then she was all buddy-buddy with Lucien, but not Tamlin. (laughs) I loved her and Lucien's relationship. It was one of my favorites in the book. I like Lucien. He's funny. It's weird because when I'm reading the book, I love it. I feel, like, so immersed in it. But looking back, nothing really happens until she goes under the mountain. Like, when you think about it, as far as events go, I guess, like, there's the thing with the the bogey and the naga or whatever those fairy creatures are called. Like, there are those things. And 
in the moment, you're like living for it because that's where you're getting your information and it's feeding it. But looking back, those weren't really pivotal scenes. Like nothing truly happens till she goes under the mountain, I don't think. We should talk about the serial stuff because actually that will that will come back. The ser- so serial basically just like knows the future, but he can only uh-huh. like he only speaks in like riddles. I'm trying to. He's kind of like Professor Trelawney in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're so different, but at their core, I guess yeah, the same. Um, there's these memes that are on on Instagram, and it's like. The cereal is like, uh, like Farrah's just sitting there, and the cereal is like, oh, you caught me. And he's, she's like, I wasn't even trying. He goes, oh, do you want the tea now? And like, just, <laughs> it cracks I, me up. I don't really remember what the cereal tells her, except, you know, stay with the High Lord. I felt like he wasn't really answering any of her questions, and then he gave her a history lesson. And so, like, yeah, maybe the history lesson will come into play later, but it didn't have a lot of meaning for me in the moment, just because it was. It was never really revisited, aside from if she'd stayed with Tomlin, she would be safe, I guess. Oh, and I can't believe that, like, the whole beginning of the book, Favorite had no idea he was the High Lord. Yeah. (laughs) Did you know he was the High Lord of Spring? I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but... (laughs) But, yeah, no, the serial thing will come back. He will come back, it will come back. I kind of like the serial. I I do think he's like Professor Trelawney. I liked that she freed him. Because uh, I was worried when the serial was like, free me, human. And then she was backing up. I was so scared she was going to free him. And then he was going to still attack her. Because Lucien had told her that if she freed the serial to like flee because it would kill her. And so even though the Naga were there, I was like, oh my gosh, what if she frees this thing and then it turns on her? But... It didn't. She freed him, which I thought was really nice and something I would do. And then he didn't attack her, which was really sweet. (laughs) See? You are (laughs) Feyre. Yeah. That one points for me with (laughs) Feyre. How about when she went under the mountains and sacrificed herself? I mean, I thought she was kind of dumb for going under the mountains. (laughs) She saved everybody. I was so mad whenever Tamlin was, like, sending her home three days before the curse was up. She wanted to say I love you, but she wasn't. And, like, if she just said it, her, like, the whole curse would have been up. So I was confused and mad that Tamlin sent her home with only three days left. They'd done it at that point. So, like, he knew she was feeling something about him. He could have given it another two days to see if she'd come around and say the words and then if she didn't he could have sent her away but i i don't really get why he sent her away i mean i get it but also like come on tamlin i don't get it because at least if she would have just stayed there like yeah she'd be at risk for amarantha but like he's sending her back put her whole family and like everybody at their estate at risk and like yeah. it was clear that there was nobody in the human world that could possibly pre- protect her from this so yeah. like either way she was kind of screwed so yeah Knowing the ego I think Tamlin has now that I've read the first 40 pages of the second book, kind of knowing his ego, I would have thought he would think he's the best possible protection she can have and no one can protect her the way he can. So, like, he's not going to let her out of his sight. I don't know. So Tamlin just rubbed me the wrong way the whole book. He was just like this, like, a brute. There was something he was always, like, hiding. He wouldn't tell anybody, like, his burdens because he didn't think they'd understand, but, like, almost in an insulting way. I will say, though, he lost some serious points with me when I found out 
like when they were under the mountain and I found out that when he got cursed, he willingly was sending his, his people into the woods to get slaughtered by humans in the hopes that a human girl would fall in love with him and break the curse. And I get it. Someone may have to get sacrificed for the curse to be broken, but I, I just felt like that changed my perception of him because up until that point, I saw him as this really decent guy who was sacrificing himself and taking on the burden like on himself to try and save everyone. And instead I found out, no, he was sending his people out to get killed. And like a lot of them did get killed. And I, I don't know, that rubbed me the wrong way. I kind of feel like his love for Feyre, I don't think it's real. Like, I think maybe he thinks it's real. I think subconsciously he felt like fell in love with her, but, like, not really. And I think now he's after the fact and after Under the Mountain, he just feels like he owns her. Yeah, I do agree that the relationship in this book before Under the Mountain and then after Under the Mountain in the next book are completely different. Like, night and day, I felt like in this book he... I know you don't think he really loved her, and maybe he didn't, but he at least cared about her and wanted to protect her and was amused by her human tendencies. And then, again, I've only read the first 40 pages of the second book, but he really does seem like he just owns her now, and it's weird. I feel like their relationship is like those movies, uh, I think it's She's All That, where like he's dared to date the non-popular girl, and then he somehow falls in love, and I just feel like I'm getting that vibe from it. <laughs> Like, Amarantha dared him to fall in love with this nerdy girl, and, like, he did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I can see the holes in their relationship. But like I said, I felt like the first half of the book, I had my heart set on Tamlin. Like, I thought he was pretty good for her. And I still, at this point, stand by that. Um, We've been introduced to Ryzen, and I like him a lot. I don't think... At this point in my reading, he is right for Farah. Um, were you surprised that the glamour didn't work on Nesta and the fact that she went to go look for her sister? I was actually surprised by both those things because Tamlin is a high lord. So the fact that his glimmer didn't work on her shows me her mind is very superior. I'm just saying, like, the fact that Nesta it, it didn't work on her is pretty crazy to me. And it makes me like her so much more, you know, like compared to Farah, who I'm just not a super big fan of right now. She's fine, but she's nothing special. Nesta is something special. Like, I, I don't know. I, I highlighted a ton of Nesta quotes in here. Uh, but, yeah, so that surprised me. And then, too, yeah, the fact that she went to look for Farah showed me that deep down she did care. And I felt like her explanation, not that it was good, but the way Farah was like, okay, Nesta, you spent all my money, too. You never helped me do anything. And Nesta was like, that's because I knew you'd do it anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it made me understand her and appreciate her a little more. <laughs> I like whenever she kept on saying it wasn't right that her father and her sister Elaine, like, forgot Farah and yeah. she kept on saying it just wasn't right it wasn't right and I love the way Favorite describes Nessa yeah no I just feel like Favorite just like gets her I do too I, I definitely think she gets her I think they're more similar than Feyre originally presents because in those first hundred pages whenever she's back home originally I feel like each of the girls is presented so differently and then when her and Nesta re- reunite, I feel like Feyre sees her differently and 
they just they have more in common, I think, than was originally presented. I think she did say in the beginning, though, they're the different side of the same coin. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like we just kept, like, get a small glimpse of this in the beginning. It's not her brightest moment, but she's definitely redeemed in the second ha- part of the book. Um, yeah. She's kind of, like, the only one there for uh, favor when she gets back, because she just knows. Yeah, no, I, I, I never hated Nesta. I kind of hate that, like, half of the fandom does. I don't know why they would. Like, I, I, I get maybe if you didn't like her in the first half of the book, but she's definitely redeemed in the second half. You know, I like her. I, I, I'm Team Nesta. I am too. Um, <laughs> we're going to stand by that. I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to die on that pedestal. I'm Team Nesta for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we should talk about Under the Mountain. The way Tamlin acts under the mountain pisses me off. Because, <laughs> like, I get in the beginning he was, like, really stone cold face to show Amarantha, like, that this is, like, not his lover. Like, he doesn't love her kind of crap. But, like, yeah. it's clearly after Feyre, like, goes into this bond with Amarantha and stuff and she's like doing these trials that like she is the one like she is the one that's his lover like like stop with your bullshit Tamlin and like just smile at her like just <laughs> just freaking smile it's not that hard she's like well she's literally sacrificing your life for her life for you and you're not even giving her a glance that's true I I saw it differently I just saw it as him protecting her till his dying <laughs> breath you know like oh I will God. give Amarantha nothing I will protect her no one's gonna know how I feel about her so you know I I was still team Tamlin at that point and the one time he had a chance to see her he instead of trying to like sneak her out of the damn mountain he decides he's gonna make out with her in a coat closet I mean I'm pretty sure she or him was unbuttoning his pants like they weren't just gonna make out Um, I thought that was really bizarre like this could be your final moment with the person you love and I get, like, sharing a passionate kiss, but maybe do you want to tell each other you love each other? Do you want to thank her for coming to save you? I don't know. It was a little rushed, a little heated. This is why I call him a brute. Yeah, that that rubbed me the wrong way. It bothered me. Lucy gets mad at her for entering the deal with Ryzen, but he didn't come. Like, what did he expect her to do? And he's like, well, obviously, like, I would have done something. And, like, he didn't. There was, it was not obvious. Like, he didn't even go down there for, like, a week later. Yeah, I think she would have been dead if she'd waited for him. Yeah. I, I like Ryslin under the mountain. Oh. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm kind of like reading for too. more scenes with him. <laughs> I don't know I he's supposed I... to be, the like, the devil, but he's just not. <laughs> like, you just, you, can't, you just can't hate him. <laughs> no, I literally texted you. I don't remember if I texted you after I was done reading or what, but my thought was the whole under the mountain stuff to me wasn't that great like I mean it was fine it was the climax of the book and I probably should have enjoyed it more but I think I didn't enjoy it because I was just waiting for the next rising scene like I just wanted him to come visit her again I wanted him to appear from the shadows like that was all I wanted to see in those final 150 pages and we got glimpses of him and I loved the glimpses we got okay did you think the first house did it remind you of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets with the worm yes I mean, 
I I can see how it would, but no. Because it was like blind, because Fox blinded the, oh, yeah. the basculus. So then like Harry was like running through the tunnels and then basically she did that. I also love when like Ryzen voted just for her and like I everyone know. else voted against her. Oh everything with Ryzen that whole time I loved. I hated the third task. Just her like inner monologue during the whole thing. I was just like, just just do it. Like just tell us just like <laughs> Like, we don't need this much detail about you stabbing these people in your thoughts during this whole thing. I agree. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it drove me crazy. When I re-listened today, I, like, fast-forwarded because I was like, I know it's going to happen. I know. Um, well, I think it's because we knew she had to do it to beat the third task. So there was no point in fretting over it. Like, just stab the people already. <laughs> stab them. <laughs> the second phase she stabbed was willing to be stabbed like she was like praying and she was like just do it Feyre kept dragging it out and this lady's like please just do it now and Feyre's like oh but I'm scared <laughs> like you already <laughs> killed one this one wants you to do it quickly just do it <laughs> yeah I that whole part just I was just like just do it damn it Feyre so I want to promise myself here and I figured out the riddle when I first read it same I, I so I read it once and I was going to just keep reading. And then I was like, no, I, I got to solve this. So I went back and I was like, okay, maybe it's talking about death. And then I read it again. I was like, no, it's talking about love. And then as the story progressed and Pharaoh wasn't figuring it out, I was like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe, maybe it's not love because I feel like that was an obvious answer. But then it was love, which I was like, okay, good. So I, I also got that. I did not get the whole stone heart thing. I never saw that coming. I didn't see it coming either. That was surprising to me as well. Yeah. It kind of made me mad that she had like three months to ponder that and love never crossed her mind. <laughs> like, um, Sarah, what's the whole reason you're undergoing these trials for? Like, maybe think about why you're doing this. I, and I also love when Ryan was like, like with the whole pan thing and <laughs> telling her to pick the right one. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness for him. I wonder if he was like, well, crap, this stupid illiterate fool is going to get us all killed. <laughs> I also annoyed that like Lucy was just yelling at her like, she's stressed. Just stop yelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm trying to, like, try to figure something out and someone's yelling at me, I'm just going to piss me off. It made me so mad, though, that Lucian's the one who always has to get hurt. He's always the one Amarantha chooses to torture, and I just feel so bad for him. I do, too. I like Lucian. Tell me who you want Lucian to be with. I want him to be with Elaine. I Elaine is so bubbly and full of life and just I just see her as this like golden ray of sunshine and you know Lucian had his heart completely broken he loved and loved and loved and then his family killed his woman in front of him and he's never loved again like yeah okay he's it's said that he's like been with other women but he's never loved again and he's guarded and he's hurt and I just think Elaine could come into his life and just give him so much life and ugh, I just see it. I see them together. I am not saying a word on either account. I don't um, know who else I'd pair him with. I mean, there are only like eight characters in this book. I just need you to read the second book tonight. I, I need you to just finish all of them so then I can speak candidly. <laughs> <laughs> this whole like, I can't utter a word. You would text me throughout the book. You, would, you text me you loved Tamlin. You text me you love Lucian. I just couldn't express any emotions because... I know. And, 
I'm scared to give anything away. I mean, I've seen a lot of the fan art, so, like, I knew about Ryzen, and I knew about Cassian. I think Cassian's super hot in all the drawings. Do you think Ryzen's is as evil as he seems? Or will no. be? No. He's just a player. He just does what he has to do to get ahead, and... I texted you this. I don't get why he's being nice to Feyre and why he's caring about her and helping her. Like, okay, it made sense at the end as far as he had a plan that, you know, when she beat the three tasks, then Tamlin would get his power back and he'd kill Amarantha and then Ryzen would be free from Amarantha. But, and like, I get that and that makes sense, but it's very clear he cares about Feyre throughout this I mean at least that's I think he cares about her and I just don't get why like what is so special about her (laughs) again no offense she's fine I don't hate her but I just don't get it I don't see it are you excited to read the other books I'm excited for more rising scenes okay I was like you you don't seem to like fear at all and like the rest of the books are in her perspective until silver flame so like are you dreading that perspective (laughs) No, no, I'm not dreading it. She's not the main character to me. Like, I know, like, I know she's the main character, but she has no main character energy, in my opinion. Most protagonists don't, though. They're, like, especially young adult protagonists are, like, the most average girl in the world, and they just are suddenly the chosen one. Well, let me ask you this. You said you love The Hunger Games and love Katniss. What's, what's so special oh. about Katniss? I love Katniss because Katniss is true to herself and never wavers from who she is. She is just, she's she's a lot like Farrah in the beginning where she hunts to keep her family alive. She loves her family. She is stubborn and she she doesn't care what anyone thinks and she plays the game to survive. Her whole thing is survival. She plays the game to survive throughout all the books. All she cares about is surviving. She doesn't care about like actually having a life or doing anything. It's just the most basic raw survival instinct. And I love that. Oh, she's so But that's not like a personality thing though. You're like complaining that Farah has no personality. There's nothing to her. Cause all she's been trying to do her whole life is survive. That's, that's Katniss. Okay, okay, but Katniss also doesn't have any interest in love. Whereas Farah, the first guy who's, like, even remotely interested, she's like, yeah, sure, Tamlin, I'll marry you and have your babies and break this curse. Woohoo, let's go. And I'm like, Farah, you're 16 years old. You didn't even know you liked to... Well, she didn't even know she liked to... Is she? Yeah, she's 19. Um, I don't think that age is given in this book, is it? In the synopsis, you said it yourself. When 19-year-old Huntress Farah kills a wolf... I just feel like she hasn't seen the world, and now all of a sudden she's Katniss just gonna. Neither. But Candace doesn't choose to marry Tamlin, who kidnaps her. You know, like she no, she some... marries the weak boy in the corner who gives her bread. No, they develop a very uh, romantic relationship over three books. They get to know each other Peter inside has, and like, out. He has, like, no personality. He's, like, as <sighs> plain as a paper bag. I am so team PETA. I love Pete and Katniss. They are my favorite, favorite. No, I was the other guy, whatever his name was. Gale. I liked Gale better. He was cool, too. 
But you always I was, on opposite sides. You were yeah. you were Team Jacob, and <laughs> I was Team Edward. <laughs> Did you see that TikTok I sent you where it said, um, "All my problems started when I chose Team Edward"? <laughs> Do you think you would have picked up that this was a Beauty and the Beast retelling if I didn't tell you before you read it? I I do think I would have picked it up. I think you telling me made it way more obvious. But there were definitely several lines that didn't necessarily come from Beauty and the Beast. When Tamlin gives her the painting room, she was like, oh, I love it. And he's like, come here as often as you want. And that is like a direct quote from Beauty and the Beast when the Beast gives her the library. And he's like, it's yours. Come here as often as you want. So, So there were definitely parallels and... I've also seen some of the fan art for him, for Tamlin, when he's in his beast form, and it looks very much like the beast from Beauty and the Beast. So I don't know if people did that on purpose or or what, but I do think I would have picked up on it. But you telling me definitely was a giveaway. <laughs> I don't think I would have picked up on it. I mean, I didn't pick up on it. And then I was told it after the fact. And then I was like, okay. wow, I'm an idiot for not picking up on it. I also have only seen the movie like once. So I guess I'm not like a big I've seen a million times to know every line yeah. kind of thing. I'm a big Disney person, so that that's that helped me. I just can never sit still watch a movie. I don't even know how I sit still enough to read, but I think it's only the beginning. Like after Tamlin sends her home, I feel like it's like a whole different book at that point. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for it to be a different book because now that I'm thinking back on the first book, I don't have any strong feelings for it which is weird because when I was reading it I loved it I was like in all my breaks I was googling bookmarks to buy and artwork to buy and all this stuff and now that it's over I'm like oh well like it was good it was fine like I guess because I've picked Feyre apart maybe that's that's why I'm not as amazed by it maybe I'm excited for you to read more characters and just read the other books. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Ryzen. He's he's keeping me interested. I don't think the first book emotionally touched me. I think it was the second book that I was yeah. like fully like, oh my god. Um, that was when I said in the video of my recap, and you're like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you had tears in your eyes. <laughs> It just really touched me. And I was like, she is not emotionally stable right now. I think I went out that night, too. <laughs> I texted my friends after I read the second, like, oh, oh, Wings and, no, uh, Mist and Fury. Mist and and I was like, I just read the best book ever. Like, I'm ready to rage. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets you in the mood to rage. <laughs> and I think I, like, went out and then I had, like, three drinks. And I was like, just kidding, I have to go home and read Wings and Ruin. <laughs> about the stars um i believe so yeah i've seen so i've seen lots of when i was on etsy looking at bookmarks and akatar art there was all this stuff about Valaris, Valaris, and so then when i opened up the second book i noticed Valaris was on the map at the night court and i was like oh, maybe that's where the star quote takes place but um i've only read 40 pages so horizon hasn't even made an appearance yet and i'm dying the second and third book I read, like, so close together that I just kind of mushed them as one big giant book in my mind. Okay. I'm going to re-listen them again because I, like, picked up so much more re-listening it. Cause I was just reading them so fascinating to know what happened to them that I, like, didn't get all the details. I'm a binge reader, so I want to go back and re-listen. I couldn't imagine, like, waiting a whole year for the next book after reading this. Yeah. 
Because I we would be sitting here like Team Tamlin for a whole year. <laughs> I can't tell you all the memes I have saved of all like the Akatar stuff. Because I have so many stockpiled just waiting for you to read these books. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean Team Tamlin, he was he was fine for this book, but I'm ready for Feyre to step it up and turn into a badass woman and claim Rise because he is goals as far as a guy is concerned, but I just don't think she deserves him right now. She deserves Tamlin right now. <laughs> I do like how Sarah always writes these like non-innocent like virgin girls. Like even Feyre being young as she is, like she still had a lover in the village and she wasn't a virgin, like things like that. Like I don't know. I feel like a lot of the fantasy books or a lot of like young adult books I read, they're like, oh, they're so pure until they meet the one. And like, that's just not reality. Yeah. And I like that she, like even Bryce, like she had a boyfriend before, like before everything happened. And I like how they like has just experienced life in that sense. Wait, were you team Tamlin when you read this book? Just the first book? Um, I, mean, I was rooting for them in the beginning, like, whenever they were, like, almost going to kiss. Or whenever uh-huh. he asked for a kiss when they are like, laying by the tree. Yeah. Um, and I wanted her to kiss him then. I, there was points that I wanted them to be together, but as soon as Rise, Rise came in the photo, like, in the picture, whenever it was at, that night, um, when Rise was like, oh, I've been looking for you, and, like, saved her. And uh-huh. then, I don't know, I just kind of was like, hmm, I kind of like him. But... Uh, I I was still rooting for her and Tamlin to bang when they did. I was gonna say their smut was pretty good. If you think that is good, oof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to go so I can read the next book now. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> I just say, according to Silver Flames, the front page letter says anybody under eighteen like shouldn't read this book <laughs> <laughs> for real. I, at least on my Kindle version, it said it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait to read A Court of Silver Flames. <laughs> I thought this book was positively, like, young adult. Like, this genre is, like, considered young adult, at least in the beginning. And, like, I can see, like, the first book being young adult. The other five or four or whatever, I can't. But, okay. yeah, so... Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the spot in this one was pretty good, so I can't something to look forward to. But yeah, no, we're gonna once you finish the whole series, we're doing an episode on all of them, and yeah, I can't wait to reevaluate. I have, I have to like re-listen to this right beforehand just so I know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think my opinions will probably change. I'm hoping I. Like Fairmore, because keep in mind, I didn't like Bryce in the first quarter of Crescent City, and now I love Bryce. I just thought she was developed so well. So, you know, Farrah may just take a little more time for me to fall in love with. That is something I think she does well is character build. Character development is Sarah. Like, yeah. She does a really good job doing that. So I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited for you to read it. I'm like living vicariously through you again. You just kill to read your, your favorite books for the first time all over again. And I know. I think I texted you. I was like, just text me updates. Like, text me your reactions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that first day when I was reading um, this one, Akatar, and I was just like spamming you because I thought you were getting annoyed but it's good to know you're living through me (laughs) please continue (laughs) so what would you rate this book 
Oh, I mean, I'd give it a five for sure. The writing is impeccable. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Sarah's writing. It's just from start to finish brings you in. So I was like hooked from the beginning. Even if I, I'm not crazy about Farah, I loved Farah and Tamlin's relationship. And now I'm excited to see her abandon him for Rise. <laughs> And I did not spoil that for her. Instagram did. <laughs> yeah, Instagram definitely gave me some spoilers. Uh, yeah, I gave this book a five, too. I think I gave all of them a five on Goodreads. My, I think this is actually my favorite series. Or Harry Potter? Yeah. I just, <gasps> I need love. Harry Potter is one of the only books that I truly like that don't have a love story in them. Um, Ron and Hermione, excuse you. But, like, there's not, like, the whole <laughs> no, I know. in the books. I love how this is, like, there's this awesome, really good plot, and, like, there's this world, and it's incredible, and but there's also, like, this big epic love story in it, and I just love that it's, like, kind of Harry Potter in the sense that the details are there, but yeah. it has the love that I love, so. Okay, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. This is Kayla. And Marissa. Have a good night.